The following episode of No Rogues Bar was recorded late last year, but due to a number of factors, I just haven't had the time to finish editing it until recently, so sorry for the delay, but we hope you enjoy it anyway. Quacker wanted to come on basically to rebuke some of the things said about him, which I don't think were totally unfair, uh, on The Last No Rogues Barred by Daniel Campbell. Now, it's been a wee while since uh, it was recorded, but we do mention uh, as an upcoming quiz showdown that Quacker is hosting based on the chase. That is actually, that quiz showdown is actually already out when you're listening to this, so once you've enjoyed the next two hours of uh, me and Quacker having a chat, go check it out on the ASR YouTube channel. It's a hell of a time and Quacker, I think, does a really good job with it. So, remember to check that out once you're done with this. back everyone to another episode of No Rogues Barred here on the Rogue Opinions podcast feed and we've got a first ever here on No Rogues Barred in that in the first time that somebody has come on m- mostly based on the fact that they want to respond to something that a previous uh, guest said. Now on the recent No Rogues Barred it was me and Daniel Campbell talking about you know all sorts of stuff to do with the SSR and this man's name came up several times, like a good 20 minutes or so was mostly about him. And this man listened to that 20 minutes and wanted to basically correct some things we said about him, even though they were probably mostly true. But, you know, that's up to him. Let's hear it right, right from the horse's mouth. There, this man is the SSR's EVP. He's a ring announcer and he's a walking Adidas advertisement. Uh, is Mr. Kwaku Aji. Yes, how you doing, Scott? You all right? I'm all right, man. I'm glad to have you on. No, I'm glad to be here. I feel there's after this show I listen to, I feel there's a lot of things I need to get off my chest, shall we say, and correct some uh, fake news, some not-so-fake news, as just some general news. I sound like Donald Trump. Let's move on. <laughs> well, I must say, though, as well, I have, I feel so, it's a Sunday morning, well, Sunday afternoon, we're now recording this, and I feel so fresh. I've woke up, I have started making pizza dough, because I'm making pizza tonight, I've had a wash just in case your podcast network has smell of vision or something. I don't know. You're a master <laughs> genius. So I've had a wash. I've put my Adidas on. I'm feeling good. So let's do this. I mean, you've put more effort into that. I'm sitting here on my bed with a, a jumper that's got a stormtrooper on I know. it. Pete, I want it noted, right? You are sitting on your bed lounging out. I am standing doing this, putting everything into it. <laughs> I... I... 
this is my setup. This is how I do it. I want to be comfortable while I'm doing. I've got my, I've got my trusty, I've got my trusty dog next to me here, just in Fair case play. anyone tries to break in while I'm recording. Fair play. I've got the rabbits in the other room, so I'm hoping they don't make too much of a noise. But earlier on today, they see they have a big cardboard box that they've just decimated. Like, it, <laughs> it looks like a nuclear bomb has just gone off uh, in some building. If you look at this box, it's completely shredded. So. They, they do like to make a bit of a noise on that, so yeah. let's see what happens. We're, they're being quiet right now, but that's because we fed them. And then, see, after a while, they get when they get get a good amount of food, they become a bit lazy. And then if you go towards them, they act as if you, they've not been fed. And then uh-huh. they would just be like, I'm hungry, I'm hungry. They're constantly eating. They're greedy bastards, I tell you that. Oh, can I cuss on this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Feel free. Okay, cool. You're full right. Yeah, I think pets are just like that in general. I know, like, especially with dogs, like, Dexter will look up at you. And he's mm-hmm. probably, you've given him a full, like, bowl of food, and then mm-hmm. he'll look up at you while you're doing stuff, like, why are you not feeding me? Like, why are you not sharing the wealth here? <laughs> oh, animals, they're funny. They the, are funny. Yeah. I say, like, I'm sure Dexter won't make too much noise, because literally, like, he'll have, have a weird expression in his face if he hears something come in, but will he bark? Will he, like, he's the worst <laughs> guard dog you could ever wish for. Oh. Well, yesterday I had a new first, so uh, one of them, Pixie, um, I, I made their dinner, um, consisted of many leaves, um, some carrot, parsnip, uh, so many leaves, like, they're, they're ultimate vegans, these rabbits, naturally, <laughs> and I held the carrot and I was feeding Pixie, and then I was just like, you eat it yourself, because that's what they normally do, and then I put it on the floor, and then she stopped eating it, it's like she was only eating it if I was feeding her it, it's like, you, <laughs> the, the divish demands of these rabbits, honestly. Ah, <laughs> uh, pet chat, coming soon to your podcast, <laughs> but okay, I think we should just start off with, uh, with what happened with me and Daniel, we were Mention yeah. you because when you mentioned USSR, I think your name is eventually gonna come up. And you know, Daniel was talking about his early days and how he, he made you laugh with the Shockmaster jokes. Cause... Oh, don't start me on that. that <laughs> I just that, uh, there's a bit of a backstory to that one, right? So, <laughs> uh, I, I remember doing my first recognizing gig in wrestling, and it was at Source Mount Vernon. Um, I was talking away a bit to the QE boys and like I've done boxing and um, like kickboxing events before. The rope setup is different to wrestling. So the ropes and uh, like boxing and uh, MMA and all that kind of stuff, there are four like ropes and then they're usually tethered together. And I just said to them, uh, especially because there's no steps to get into the source ring, I say, I just hope I don't be kind of full of myself. And then KOE boys were just like, ah, you're going to shock master yourself. And I <laughs> beg you, I'd I, I, I tell you this, right? I had I had no idea what they meant by Shockmaster. And they're like, you've never seen the Shockmaster? I'm like, no, I've never heard of the dude. Like, what's, what's going on? And then they just pull up their phones and they show me on YouTube. And I just go into a laughing fit for like a good solid hour. Because I'm like, that is just the best thing. You see Sting going that he's going to shock the world because he's the shock master. And you know me and Pyro, I love a bit of Pyro wrestling. <laughs> the guy, <laughs> you can actually hear the commentators trying not to laugh. 
<laughs> so that will always stick in my head. And then Daniel bringing up Shockmaster just made me relive it all again. So yeah, that did happen. And it was the fact that like he he was going through the audition stages for ESSR and Stephen kind of told him, come on again, just don't break Quacker again. I was like, <laughs> that it's good. <laughs> that's that's how that's probably the hardest audition criteria yeah. ever is not to break me because yeah I do like a laugh so um, it's easy to trigger me off and set me off so yeah Shockmaster tickled me right there <laughs> I know we went through some examples of times you've kind of broken because I think there are times where we've tried not to laugh on the podcast like reading out comments of certain funny names <laughs> comments from people with funny names and like the thing is, the annoying thing is, like, I think you're the you struggle the most thing like, not to laugh. So I think if you break, that just it goes around in a circle and everyone yeah. else just goes. Yeah. Oh no, it's it's ridiculous. Like, uh, you you did mention a few names on there. I mean, uh, I'm not gonna. But the the big one, yes, that one was that one, I was doing well with it. I was doing well with it because I would like to say I got immune to the name, <laughs> so I was fine. But it was just when he won the big one, that just (laughs) 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 it was kind of like a stone game. Uh, Wait, what's it said? Oh, I'm I'm not doing it for that. I'm doing it for the pie and the V starts laughing. (laughs) 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 I I just it was just like that kind of thing. But yeah, you also mentioned the. David Bertrand Shabab Shah. Just for context on that one, right? So I was I made production notes for everyone, uh, as especially extended ones for hosts. And what I would do was I would type out some of the comments and then just uh, put their names. And then during at the start and at the break, when we had a wee break, I was like saying Shabab Shah. Shabamja. And I got David to repeat it back to me. He repeated it back to me twice perfectly. I was like, this guy's gonna nail it. And then it comes to the lights on stage and set and everything. Shum num 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 ja. I'm like, oh you <laughs> oh, what dick man. <laughs> 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 uh. And normally I would like kind of try and cut things out if like see I'm a bit of a as you noted, uh, I'm a bit demanding. So if if I hear something on the show that I can like cut it out and make it seem like it's seamless or something, where people would know, I would normally do that. Yeah. However, what Ross said was absolutely spot on. He said, "We're leaving this in. We are leaving this in because <laughs> I, I gave you the tools." And it was just so funny. I loved it. I love Dave for things like this because he just gives you some right zingers that you can just go off of. And uh, he's some lad, David. I've I've known him since. How long have I known him? So you knew him before I did. So. Yo, way before. Like I'm talking 2011. Ten years Jesus. almost. Yeah, ten years plus. I've known David, so um, obviously Stephen's known him for longer because they went to uni in the same class and everything. Yeah. That's how uh, we got to know each other through volunteering at Strathclyde. So uh, it was 2011 I first got to meet like David and Stephen and uh, so on. Stacy as well was about 2011. So yeah, yeah, quite a long friendship in that one. Yeah, I just think to go back to that episode, like I just got to feel like I wonder what that guy who sent that comment was probably thinking. But imagine him listening, wondering if his comments gonna get 
read out, and you barely, we barely even mentioned what he, where he put his comment. We're just laughing at his ability to like damage. Like, oh, just move on to somebody else's name that, you can't pronounce. That man is probably like, well, I'm never going to comment it again because they'll come and butcher my name and laugh about it. <laughs> Scarred the poor boy for life. <laughs> we lost a good man that day. We he wouldn't be able to tell, him, tell us who we lost that day, but. Mm. So we have a moment's reflection for Shabab Jar. Thank you. There you go. Uh, that's right. Uh, yeah, you kind of almost in a way answered a question I was going to ask about kind of ESR because you are one of the, the OGs. I think it's fair to say because there was like a, a group that was no, there. No, I'm, I'm not an OGG. I would like to, and I would, and I'll yeah. point out why because Stephen decided to host the first ever show. He, he even got somebody in from Glasgow Uni. Can you believe that? He got someone in from Glasgow Uni before he asked that. me. I know. He, he did that. He's like, I thought, I thought you did like wrestling. I'm like, of course I like the wrestling. I mean, I was on a hiatus from wrestling at that point, but I was kind of looking for like my calling, if you like, like something <laughs> that would get me back into it. Yeah. And that would have been the perfect opportunity. So I went to an ICW show and recommended by Stacey and Josh, and I loved it. Time, I loved it. And uh, they kind of saw, oh, he does like a bit of wrestling. So, yeah, I got invited. And, yeah, I just went on from that. <laughs> and now, now they can't get rid of me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think given your you know, ability with the radio production, like the audio production, like especially when we used to do the in-studio recordings, I think basically Stephen realised very quickly, like, okay, he knows more about this than most of us do. We can't get rid of him. <laughs> I have a use. Yes, <laughs> I have a use. That, that, yeah, it was. It was just one of those things. Like, uh, it was weird because getting into arts was kind of like a sudden explosion mm-hmm. uh, for me because I I wasn't really an arts or media guy at all. Um, I actually thought that arts was a load of crap. <laughs> like I still think I mean like there's in terms of arts like arts and culture like say mm-hmm. walking into an art gallery and then there are people looking at a paint like I had this with my new work where they put on a painting and then they're like what can you see what do you feel from this and I'm like it's just a painting <laughs> like <laughs> and then there were other people saying I see the waves of this and that and I'm like <laughs> Like, what do you see through them glasses? <laughs> I was like, <laughs> but I, w- I just wasn't into all that kind of fluffy, duffy, arty things and, and media. I mean, I did DJ. That that was my kind of thing. So I guess I always had uh, an ear for for like music and how sound should hopefully come about. So I, I did have that. And that's what kind of drew me. I kind of knew what what it should hopefully sound like. Although uh, there's a thing Stacey uh, likes to, that we, from our show we did on, it was a late night chat show, so <laughs> it's now late night with Quack and Stacey, so we need to get that going again. Because <laughs> Stacey actually sent me a really cool image yesterday, right? And it was four years ago we were hosting the show late night, and it was on the old setup at Strathclyde Fusion, uh, Strathclyde's radio station. And said, said it was that she took a picture. We got the record of list, live listeners. We got it up to ninety six, 
uh, readable. However, we know it was more because it went up a bit and then the server crashed. We literally broke the internet. <laughs> there were that many people. The server can't cope with that many. So we still hold the record and I'm so proud to say that and they will never be beaten again. <laughs> well, unless, unless like George Bowie goes on Strathclyde Fusion, I don't know. <laughs> it is what it is. But yeah, we need that bad because there's so much fun. Uh, Campbell's given us an outlet to do it on YouTube and stuff like that. Um, it's just been timings, but we need to come, uh, especially in um, this godforsaken pandemic. Yeah. Uh, it looks like, yeah, things are taking another turn. So um, maybe we need to get back on and be a bit silly again. I mean, it's been four years. I'm sure the internet's recovered, so it's ready to be broken again. Yes, uh, we need <laughs> to break the internet again. Uh, if Kim K's arse can break the internet, <laughs> I think Quack and Stacey, we can, we can break the internet with our stupid jokes and silly innuendos and all sorts <laughs> of stuff. So, yeah, let's do it. So, I mean, thinking about what you said about Stephen, about no thinking you're into wrestling, but like, that's the reason I wanted to bring it up because you mentioned that and then SWN like chat with Billy Strachan, but then yeah, yeah. Stephen talking to Billy and claim and he starts claiming oh Quacky was maybe on the first show but he was late so like it's kind of like no 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 that was see that's another one no I was not invited I was not invited <laughs> I was not late uh, yeah you can say I was late why was I late because I was not invited. <laughs> I was a, I was a few months late because I wasn't late. <laughs> so, so yeah, he is right. He is right that I was late, but not strictly true. <laughs> so, like out of like the guys, it's uh, the ones you would have met first for a while here, like Josh, Dave, Stacey, Stephen, mm. uh, all at like university. Like, what was your like? What were you studying at the time? Uh, so I was doing biological sciences. So. That was my. I, I was really into uh, sciences and stuff, and it's weird because it took six years and two degrees to work at the science as a hobby and not a career path. I won't go down. It is what it is, but I'm, I'm still thankful for uni because it gave me a lot of skills. And obviously, I ended up working in a union for two years as well, and that gave me a lot of uh, life experience. Like you go from. A student right up into a, running a charity and being the head of a charity that turns over two million quid in a year and you're like ah! <laughs> obviously you see none of that two million pounds personally because that'll be fraud but yeah the the union does turn out at that time about two point something odd million i'm not going to flex like that but literally i saw none of that but the decisions you make does affect that, that and stuff. So I got a lot of life experiences from that and I just decided to go down a different path. So yeah, I'm I'm now in a good position where I'm able to work full time, but the hours aren't stupid. So I have more time for doing podcasting, uh, more time doing my ring announcing, like all the things I love to do and also time with my partner, friends, family, stuff like that. So, yeah, thankful for that. Oh, that's good. And I want to mention your DJing because uh, that's something, you know, I've heard you talk a lot about. How did you kind of get into that? And the second part of that, was it through the DJing that we got uh, these Quackers karaoke down at the Union? <laughs> oh, I've got a few stories on that. So, like, uh, DJing was just something uh, I just 
just I mean, like everyone else, you start off as a bedroom DJ. So I was just like using my keyboard and mouse and mixing in and songs together and stuff. And I was like, hmm, I've got a bit of a ear for this. It's not bad. And then from that, I, I f- so when I was back at uni, a friend of mine was one of the head PRs for Sugar Cube uh, nightclub. And he was one of the, those people that would like go around and organize all the PR staff and stuff like that. And he just came to me and said, like, I want to do uh, like a student party in college lads. So college lads is the, uh, one of the private student accommodations. So they have a big common room like a proper big one with a pool table and stuff like that, uh, a lounge area and stuff. And he was just like, "Quite what if I got the lights and a smoke machine? You just get the DJ equipment down and then we just make a party. I was like, sounds a bit illegal. It's right down my street, let's do it. Uh, so uh, we literally just organised, basically it was an international student party. And there were stages where we were just running it weekly on a Saturday. And there were times where the headcount got to 300 plus. Uh, yeah, we had to have security on the door. It was that <laughs> nuts. And it was bring, bring your own goods. To- totally illegal. Totally illegal. Yeah. Uh, but not as like harmless illegal. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I flapping, the, flapping the rest illegal, you know. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, I can't believe I said that, but oh, well, it is what it is. And everyone used to come to this thing. Everyone was raving about it, and I just loved it. And I, I didn't take any payment whatsoever. I just did it for the love, and it was such a good night. And always have always had a great night. And unfortunately, other clubs started muscling in on it and wanted to make money from it, and it just killed it for everyone. It killed it for me. I mean, this party was voted number one party. Genuinely, there was like a pure forum that was voted for, like, different parties, and there were, like, big nightclub parties where it's exclusive and all this, and this was voted number one. And it's purely because it was just a chilled-out, relaxed atmosphere. There were not many... I mean, you get arseholes everywhere, but there weren't many arseholes or anything like that. And the time we brought security, they dealt with the arseholes kind of thing. (laughs) So it was really good fun, and from that I kind of went to uh, DJ at Strathclyde Union as well, so uh, being vice president and president there, I kind of assumed the position well, <laughs> I, stepped, I stepped in once, right that uh, we were meant to have an international Kaylee, and on the freshers pass it said international DJ and said international DJ cancelled on us last minute, so <laughs> I became the international DJ uh, and I was quite proud of that. And what I was even more proud of was the fact that in the survey for Freshers Week, a whole three people said that the best event ever was the international DJ. And I was like, yes, I've made it. <laughs> international DJ all the way from Lindsay. Yes, exactly. And what was actually so funny was the fact that the, uh, on that week, the National Union of Students, like the big union of students body and stuff the international officer was came to visit us that week 
And then I was laughing away. I'm saying, I'm the, I'm an international DJ. He said, you're not quite. I'm like, I'm an international DJ. So I changed my Twitter handle. <laughs> I changed my, I changed my Twitter bio, and it said international DJ just rang him up, and it worked to trigger him. So yeah, that's how I kind of got into my DJing, and uh, fr- from that, like I've done. Uh, I've kind of like warmed up some acts at Strathclyde Union, so I've been like the warm up for Venga Boys, <laughs> um, Hodor from Game of Thrones. That was a class one. Um, I've like hosted people, so I've like hosted Scott Mills, uh, Bass Hunter. Oh, that would that's another story. Uh, I've also hosted what? Uh, of a host. Oh, I did a live Q&A question answer thing with uh, Andy Jordan from Made in Chelsea. <laughs> right. And that, see him, he actually annoys me, right? Because I wanted to hate him. I wanted to hate him. He is the loveliest guy ever. Like, proper loveliest guy. And I was meant to embarrass him on stage with some embarrassing questions. And I was just at it, because I picked him up. I was like, I can't do this to you. <laughs> I can't do this to you. So, uh, he uh, he was definitely up there. Base Hunter, yeah. Yeah, he's... Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he's something else. <laughs> Yeah, we're gonna have to say that for a, a rogue opinions after dark or something like that. So we don't yeah, yeah. we're gonna get, get some legal trouble here. <laughs> yes, yeah. Uh, also, the, oh, the karaoke's oh, they're good fun. Oh. You, you, I mean, you've been there a few times and seen my rendition of Scotty doesn't know. Yeah, <laughs> let's let's talk about that just for a second. Uh, mm-hmm. People who don't know, I think it's a movie Euro Trip or whatever. I think it's called a road trip. One of those type of films, like yeah, two thousand. Yeah. And you got Matt Damon cameo, and then the film playing a song called Scotty Doesn't Know Where. He basically plays to a group of people, including a guy called Scotty. Basically, play a song that admits that I've been jagging your missus, basically. And then you were you randomly start singing it to me after recording. And I think I laughed at first, but then I, I made the mistake of show, of trying of showing my annoyance of like just saying, "Please stop doing that." Really? And then, and which I shouldn't have done because then you get up randomly and start singing it. At one of your karaoke's at me, and then another time, you get me up to do it with you, and legit Scotty didn't know. Scotty didn't know the lyrics. All I knew was the chorus. So I'm legit. Like this is the most I've ever relied on the lyrics coming up on a karaoke set. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's is that thing of you know how that saying is? There's nothing more dangerous with than a man with a microphone. I kind of embody that. Uh, kind of motto is that uh, but it's the thing is though I always say this to like my regular uh, punters know is that the more I hate on you the more I love you kind of thing <laughs> and they really embrace like they really embrace it I make it like school gr- like school ground like kind of thing like yeah. that it's like it's never like personal or anything like that because that's just wrong and um, and it's always about judging your audience. Yeah. Like, you know that fine line of what is right or what is wrong kind of thing. Uh, the most recently, right, so there's a... <laughs> I, get, I get a karaoke request, right? And the guy is fine with me saying this because he laughs it off and stuff, right? And I get a karaoke request 
And the name of the person that's meant to come up is called PC Shagger, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> like, I'm like, what on earth is What's, what do I, what what does this mean, right? So in my head, I thought it meant like politically correct shagger, right? So <laughs> I was, uh, so I just said that coming up next, make some noise for PC shagger, right? And there was a loud cheer at one section of the bar, and they all the the guy comes up with another girl, and I'm just like, why on earth are you called PC shagger? And the girl just goes, well, look at him. I take one look at him and I burst I couldn't help myself. I was broken. <laughs> and the reason is, is the dude kind of looks like, have you seen IT Crowd before? Yeah. Right. He kind of looks like uh, Moss and the other guy, the guy that says turn it off and turn it on and again. Uh, Roy, yeah. Roy, he looks like Moss and Roy's love child, right? <laughs> 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 looks like that. And oh, the poor bloke, he takes it really well. He laughs at it himself, but it's just anytime he's requested or he requests himself to come up and it just says PC Shagger. I can't help but laugh because <laughs> uh, he's some bloke though. I'll, I'll just give a shout out to PC Shagger. <laughs> uh, I don't call, see in, in person, I don't call him by his real name, but he, he embodies it and I'll, I'll love him for it. He's a good lad. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's a hell of a time going to the, the karaoke thing because I'd, I'd only ever done karaoke like one time up in, mm-hmm. before, the, before that, but it's a good time. Like, I remember one time uh, there was a, what, a windfall sessions uh, somewhere in town and I think you had a, a karaoke thing that same night. So mm-hmm. a group of three of like, with me, Ross, Alan, Sarah, Stacey, we'd all been drinking during the uh, the windfall. So we were maybe in a bit, you know, by the time we got to yours. And we could have easily, where the bar is in town, we could have easily walked over to the Union to come at a thing. I mean, we were a bit, a bit later and had to stay for one or two less songs. We thought, nah, fuck that. We all piled into this one fucking black cab to go. <laughs> what would have been maybe 15 minutes, 20 minutes, maybe walking to the union? Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. we're all. I think, we all, I think one thing I remember is a group of us all getting up to sing Like a Prayer because it's Grado's theme song, but realizing maybe the Bedora version is slightly different to the version that Grado comes out to. Because the first two thirds are all right, and then the last third is us trying to get in time with the. The way the lyrics are coming, because either going too fast or too slow, or yeah, it, 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 it. <laughs> yeah, the uh, the one Grado uses is a remix by DJ Red Bay, so <laughs> it, it's kind of danceified, like yeah. it's like the GBX version of it, if you like, and yeah, it's a bit faster, but no, it's 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 uh, like a prayer though. It is probably the best song about giving out blowjobs. <laughs> Uh, like I remember, I think it was like we're all going one of the quizzes. I think, but uh, Andy joked about the song. You say it best when you say nothing. All just the best way of telling a woman. This song about telling a woman to shut up. Yeah, I love that. I love that, and I'm not gonna lie. I did actually use that line on my girlfriend yesterday. <laughs> poor, poor Alex. She suffers under us. I don't know why she puts up with me, but how well she does. For some reason, but yeah, what Andy said, I never even thought that, and it's like, <laughs> actually, that is so polite to way of saying, can you shut the f up? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they're being like karaoke. Well, we've had some good times, but 
we recently at the time recorded, I don't know when this is coming out, but we recently as part of our of a Christmas business meeting we yes. all had. We, saw, yes. we all went to the karaoke there room, I think. Much business discussed. Much, very, very, very much business was discussed. Uh, it was kind of hosted by yourself, which put me in mind all of the uh, the karaoke, karaoke like sessions because we, we went to the sync karaoke, we had like three and a bit hours or so and you things typed counting you down. And so the song, people are able to put like songs into the and we the system and it's going on one after the other. We got two microphones and I remember you were trying to kick us off with uh, "Never Gonna Give You Up" by mm-hmm. Rick Ashley. Although there is like a few different versions and you couldn't <sighs> find the right one. Oh, I know that is ridiculous. Like who who wants an acoustic version of "Never Gonna Give You Up"? Like yeah. the whole point of "Never Gonna Give You Up" is that uh, that that jamming beat that you <laughs> you did the Rick Ashley dance to. You know that you know the one that's like a like a, a twerk with your arms and move side <laughs> to side like that Rick ha- I'm putting it on Rick Hasley uh, he he was the inventor of twerking I'm gonna I'm say that right here that's fact he invented twerking with those swinging arms he invented it what a guy uh, you heard it first twerking was invented by a ginger man yes <laughs> not Stephen Wilson uh, Stephen Wilson no. that's yeah, a but... bad image it was a hell of a hell of a night though, like some one session my brother Ross being a big rock fan getting up singing the song You're Welcome from Oana. Did you and Stacey singing a bloody fairy tale of New York at one point? Mm-hmm. Uh, oh that that was brilliant. I love doing that. I always love doing Fairy Tale of New York. I, I love doing the Shane McGowan part. I can I can also do the Cursing McCold uh, part, but it's a few octaves down kinda of thing, but <laughs> Do the shame the gown, but I just hold a pint of cider and let rip. <laughs> <laughs> and then what my highlight was getting up with David Campbell uh, and just getting to sing like "Don't Wanna Miss a Thing" from oh, the Armageddon, from the film Armageddon. Oh, the reason I wanted to do is because he was actually on Rogue Paint one time. He he joined me to review Armageddon '99, which I don't oh, think, right. which I don't <laughs> think he'd ever seen before that point. So that was an experience for him. <laughs> there we go, there we go. Oh, you two are just so like you have the best love hate relationship because um you two have the best relationship but yet the backstabbing just makes it that extra bit spicy. <laughs> I know. I think we went into our relationship a little bit on the last episode. I'm gonna get David on this show eventually to okay. roughly deep down into it, but yeah. Uh so I thought, oh, why no? I hope you quash your feud though. I don't think there's much of a feud anymore. Like we we had our we each had our own goal, backstabbing the other mm-hmm. uh, to our own benefits. No, he did it to win the ESRT, I did it to win the draft. Uh, mm-hmm. we had our we had our, our Iron Man quiz thing. Uh, we just made Oh, dis- you were so unlucky on that. <laughs> we may we may disagree every so often, but you know, it's just it's just due to the competitive nature of the, the draft. So I don't think there's any beef really there. <laughs> See on that uh showdown Iron Man match, gotta give serious props to Daniel on his production levels on that. That intro package alone 
is a good addition as ever for <laughs> getting into some of the big leagues. Like that package we put together. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, though, there were, there was varying qualities of cameras being used for yeah. each of those segments because it was sometimes recorded professionally, sometimes recorded on a phone or uh, whatever have you. But the way it was all brought together with the music, I wish, obviously, for copyright reasons, it let Biscuit My Way could have been used instead. But what a package that was put together. Properly, properly, properly. And what a guy Daniel is, really. No, no, actually, no, no, what a guy, because I'm here to correct some of his uh, fake news that he put out there. Yeah. So what exactly exactly is fake about what Daniel said? I think Daniel's made some talks about how, well, we said how you kind of seem to know everybody, and it's hard to be on a night with you where we don't bump into somebody you just happen to know. That one, I can't argue with. Yeah, I, I can't argue with that one. Um, but a girlfriend experiences that. Uh, yeah, it's just a. It's, it's, I, I like to. I like to keep people close to me. <laughs> Only good people. So yeah, I keep good people close to me and stuff. So yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm not going like to apologize. Keep... I know people. We <laughs> said that like I like to keep people close to me. Like that was. Oddly sinister in a, in a sense. No, it's in a good loving way. It's in a good loving way. Like, but I'm I'm not gonna apologize that I know people. I'm sorry. If that's a crime, throw me in jail for life then. There, there were some things about that he said about you that I don't know if I fully understood. I think he keeps he, he likes to drop references to you and GTA and everything because you I think you yeah. played GTA that like stuff like that online. So yeah, there's, there's, so- there's a backstory there that I don't know about. Yeah, so like uh, during like lockdown one point one three uh, three point one four one five nine two six five four whatever numbers you want, and so we would like we we got this bond. So me, Alan, and Daniel, and his fiance Pam, we had this bond over playing Grand Theft Auto Online, and I became very rich on GTA Online. At the start of lockdown, I had about 75 million in my account in GTA, not my personal account. If you look at my personal account, I have deadly squat. Um, And sorry, this is a pure flex moment on GTA. And (laughs) there were a lot of... I was just... I had a goal in mind that I wanted to have 200 million. And when the, the problem with like the fact that lockdown went on so long, that goal kept on extending, and I eventually wanted to have two hundred and fifty million. So I did at one point have two hundred and sixty million because I like having rounded up ten numbers. I am now at two hundred and forty-two, so I'm poor again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we would just like sell up businesses and stuff like that, and yes. Um, GTA terms, I am not the best at killing people, and I would hate it when people would kill me. So I would just say, seeing as we're all pals in here, why don't we all just gang up on this one poor person that decided to kill me? Which uh, I can appreciate Daniel when he said, 
Daniel coming kill this person. I can appreciate it's one of the demanding traits I do have, but I mean it. Please, can you help me out with it? And it's just likewise if somebody's killing on them, then I'm I'm straight on my flying bike and I'm I'm nuking the hell out of them because yeah, you don't kill my pals. I mean, I could kill them, but you you can't kill them. Yeah. <laughs> and what he said about uh, there was a gamer, so the guy is from, and he couldn't remember where the guy's from. The guy's from Romania, and yeah, my so my PlayStation gamer tag is Mister Quackeraji, just like my Twitter and all that stuff. And he just <laughs> uh, he did basically some of his gang members, uh, people in his crew, did something wrong, and he just said, "I am sorry, Mister Quackeraji." <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it got coined that I am Mr. Quacker, so I sound like some mafia uh, de facto leader of some sort, is what it is. So, yeah, that bit was true. See, I, I joked because the way you one of you and these bummy people who, who know you and like try to start talking, it is like walking with a maf- mafia boss. Like, there's a scene in The Simpsons where Homer imagines what going to LA is like, and he's walking around like someone of the Godfather, and he's <laughs> um, he like that's it's very close to Quacker. I mean, you wouldn't let anyone because he's had nowadays fucking two meters away and all that crap. <laughs> <laughs> but like one of the other things that we said about you, like, is like you 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 already mentioned like you can be a bit like when you got your producer hat on, you mm-hmm. know, and and like now that I have to do editing for Rogue Opinions and like shows like Saturday Draft Live, you know, I can like I understand that. Uh, but. You know, one thing we talked about is how loud we could he- you can be, like hearing you from the other end of the bloody hydro, and like <coughs> that's not that's not necessarily a criticism here because really now that you've done ring announcing, really it's serving you well. Yeah, um, no, especially because I've had it on two occasions where the microphone ran out of battery midway me announcing something, so I just dropped the microphone and then I just project, um. <laughs> Clydebank Town Hall was one of them. You know, you know what that place is like because you yeah. you grew up near that area and sold that crowd SWA and the microphone goes out on me completely goes out and I have to make a, a we're going into a break announcement kind of thing and I just like rap and everyone heard me. I was just like, okay, <laughs> <laughs> just hello, Joe. I mean, I love to be there at the moment. A young Quackeraji's voice finally broke. Jesus, like, oh. it's been very tough to do. Oh, like, imagine like the book where in the Simpsons, another Simpsons reference in the space of five minutes, like when when Mike, when Bart's got all the microphones, all the like, <laughs> testing, <topic of> testing, <laughs> testing. <laughs> nah, I, I definitely, I definitely can't do that. I love that testing. It's the way he switches them all on and he licks his lips <laughs> right before he does it. <laughs> oh dear, that hot part sounds in. So I, I do need a loud voice. Although, see something you said, I could not stop laughing. Was that you could just see my colourful top, and I looked like an unlockable character on a PlayStation. <laughs> I could not stop laughing at that. Oh, you're a douche for that. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, Stacey's there there as well. I can't, I can't see her, but. I can see the bright T-shirt, so that's Quacker. I know she's sitting next to Quacker. She's just, <laughs> like, you, you must unlock next to her. 200 points to unlock Quacker. <laughs> oh, you're a douche. That was funny. I won't give you that. <laughs> uh, but, like, so I think you you said before, like, you said, like, we're talking with Bella and Esther about getting, getting kind of the source, getting kind of almost through 
like after having the experience through like the boxing and doing the ring, yeah. you were kind of a, a regular at uh, these like a lot of the Scottish indie shows like anyway before that point. So I think it kind of was an advantage because I think you would have heard the, all these guys being announced. So I think you already had that. Would you have kind of already known like what what the lot of guys like you knew who a lot of the guys were and everything? So yeah, you give you could give them the proper introduction. Yeah, I mean, like, so I've, I like to announce without notes. The first yeah. time I announced, I did have notes on me, and that's because, like, it was a, quite a few people I've never seen personally wrestle, and I've got to see them wrestle a lot more because they've got to, like, I've been doing more of their shows, and they've been going to other shows and stuff like that. So there were elements, and I wanted to give them the full ring announcing uh, product. With boxing and MMA, I do have notes because mm-hmm. uh, the card is like, like I've announced on shows where there's 12 bouts, for example, and remembering their weights and stuff like that, it's, yeah, it's not. So I would kind of have a quick, what I would kind of do now is I, can I have a quick glance at the notes before I go up on in the ring? And then I would just do it from memory on that. But sometimes it's kind of hard to because you're remembering all sorts. And nowadays, so when you're uh, announcing people like Session Off, Martina, Serena, Rose, it, it's kind of, you're kind of thrown with a lot of things. KOE is another one. Uh, they have a lot, like the KOE list is big. And then literally five minutes before you walk out the curtain, they're like, oh, no, we need this as well. <laughs> Them <laughs> boys, honestly, they they just wrote everything and anything. The finest tag team in Scotland, the rogue heterosexual homo sapiens, um, <laughs> is, is uh, funk, uh, Kai Williams King. And uh, there's, there's just so much to them. Uh, King Killer, like, <laughs> I remember, I remember ADM, so ADM had, I always asked the KOE boys, see, me, KOE, and ADM were kind of like this team swag kind of thing, where <laughs> um, I'm like the hype man, and then they just bring all the swag, and one week, uh, the KOE boys just said to me, Oh no, we'll leave up to ADM. <laughs> and ADM gave me this whole moniker. And it included things like uh, the most fancied man in source wrestling history, King Killer. So I don't know if you've seen King Killer. He's a good looking boy. He is a very good looking boy. I, um, if you if you don't think he's a good looking boy, then <laughs> adjust your glasses because he is. And you can obviously see that. Um so I threw that one in, and the the two boys, they're just a uh, KOE. They're just they're just so talented in the ring, and I'm and I'm so glad they're getting more of a f- notice and a focus in the Scottish scene at the moment. Um, there could always be more, obviously, but I'm just so happy for them because they've worked hard over the years, and they're just so good at their craft, very charismatic in what they do. And uh, the whole thing with the whiteboard, like they make the whiteboard work for them. They put in different notes and messages that have just made the whiteboard work and it's got it over. And I just love that. Uh, ADN is just an absolute supreme talent who he just, every, he, anyone you talk to about ADN, he always is 
always like says he's made me work better. He's made me work better. He always raises up the bar in terms of what is acceptable and what should be exceeded. And it's just his character, his promos, the way the presence he has in the ring is just phenomenal. And um, he's made, he's also like in a back thing made me always aspire to do better when I'm announcing people in the ring and and stuff like that. So now they're they're always good guys to have around. And from there, you got like source kind of on a regular kind of basis, and then you end up with a uh, fierce females. Uh, I mean, kind of female yeah. person and in, in, uh, in Glasgow, then with Discovery, Reckless. That's kind yeah. of been snowballing from there. So I think an important question to ask is, uh, how does Simon Cassidy feel about you kind of stepping on his turf as well, the main ring announcers in Scotland? <laughs> he's like, he's uh, like up there and then you're slowly but surely creeping up behind him. Honestly, I don't know. I, <laughs> I know that, I know, um, I know like, um, I saw him, like we, we talked uh, a few times and stuff and, um, I remember David Wilson cracked a joke about, oh, it's the two big ring announcers of Scotland when we were together, and then we kind of jokingly looked at each other, kind of like, ooh, but uh, no, nah, he he's got his he's got his thing. I've got my thing, and um, I do actually believe that WWE um, will be calling his name at some point soon. And then not too near distant future. I mean, he's already on the network and stuff, so he's already doing great things. And I suppose, like, um, I, I mean, you never know. There's that's the thing about opportunity. People are going to get opportunity. I I know for a fact that uh, there could be a time where somebody replaces me, and it's so be <laughs> it. It's it is what it is. I've just got to do my thing and. And I'm enjoying it. I'm I'm just enjoying it. I, I knew you were going to come in with the hard questions, but geez, oh, <laughs> <laughs> you, you you there lie there in your bed, all sly. You want me to hate on Simon, don't you? It's all good, but like I think for a long time, like whenever I went to places like outside ICW, especially because I know he's he's mostly known as like the ICW ringer and stuff. But there's play other places I went where he's kind of the main guy. Like, it doesn't seem like there were that many different ringers and stuff. So it's good to have of you like getting all these opportunities as well but yeah i, I remember when you ross a couple of guys went to fear lonely i forgot how good simon was at the ring announcing and then he comes out and like i remember on the first night theodorus won a match and so he got to like add rules to icw and so on the second night he announced that well part of the new rules is all matches are have 20 minute time limits and all title matches have 30 minute time limits so whenever we, throughout night two you would say this match with a 20 minute time limit boo Everybody booze after two or three times he goes, You're gonna to have to get used to it eventually. <laughs> and then in the main event, the big king and Santa like death match, he goes, And this match with no time limit. <laughs> like <laughs> the fact that I had no time limit got a bigger pop than some of the guys that wrestled on that night. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> no, introduction of time limits is an interesting one. Uh, I know Discovery have introduced time limits as well now. So it's it, it kinda it kind of adds a new dimension to wrestling. Obviously, it depends on how it's used. AEW, they're they're kind of having a controversial moment where too many of their not wanting to have one person winning ends in a time limit draw. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you have a lot of people where they have a run in or a double uh, ring out, which I think even sucks 
more a double encounter, but it is what it is. It's just enjoy it. Yeah. Just enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. But you know, I just. I wanted to throw that in. I wasn't trying to cause any any shit here. I'm right. I'm right. But we mentioned David Campbell earlier, and you know, you've been a big part of ESSR, but you now joined uh, his team over at First Time Films. And well, the main crux of uh, First Time Films is obviously given the name First Time, and that obviously there's like kind of a panel discussion about a certain film, and it needs to be at least one person on each panel that's not seen the film. Oh, hence the name and everything. So it's kind of used you as a scapegoat here, bringing you on more regularly, just I, so you can talk about um, a film you haven't watched. I am literally the first time films scapegoat, guinea pig, whatever name you want to throw at it. Because we had Harry Potter week, and of course, in the whole podcast, it's only me that's not watched Harry Potter. And I may have upset a few people with a tweet I sent out, but I. It's just, <laughs> I'm sorry, it's true. I just don't. It's just not me. It's just not me. I just don't like it. And the, the, there are certain films where okay, there's a lot of films I've not. I'm not a film guy. Like hands down, see, I, when I was watching you guys in your Iron Man match, I might have scored like two or three or something like that. Right, <laughs> just just as a well uh, participation prize points kind of thing. But honestly, I'm just. I'm, I mean, my girlfriend has tried to get me more cultured shall we say. Um, I'm trying to force myself to become more cultured through first-time films, but a lot of them I'm just like, okay, that's the reason I've not watched that. The only ones I've watched that I've liked, like really liked, was School of Rock. I liked that one. Rock of Ages was absolute garbage. I (laughs) I cannot even believe that made from script to to actual like, do, have you seen that film? No, I know it's based on like a, an actual like stage play and everything, but like, I'm not a musicals guy, so I don't even right. like... Keep it that way. Do not, for the love of yourself and humanity, don't watch that film. It is the biggest hot mess I've ever seen in my life. I wanted to pull my eyes out with a fork. <laughs> I, I, it was, uh, it's just horrible, that film. Um, it was more star power than anything else. It was yeah. just throwing all these famous names and hope for the best. It was rubbish. And um, I did like Almost Famous. That was all right. That was all right. Yeah. I obviously hosted uh, Coming to America. I love that film. I absolutely <laughs> love that film. I can I can quote that film word to word, start to finish. Like, I love that film. Uh, I also did Boys in the Hood. That was another one. So, I they've... they've uh, throw me in with some some films there. They forced me to watch Star Wars. They forced me to watch Harry Potter, and I am raging about it. It is what it is. And first time films. I'm the key person that keeps that name relevant because <laughs> I've seen so little of it. So they should be helping me and thanking me and giving me some good films to watch. Not some <laughs> say that Harry Potter, but I just it just wasn't me. It just wasn't me. I, I don't know that because like I I listened to that episode purely on the basis of your tweet because you retweeted you quote retweeted the uh, the the, <laughs> the, link, the link to the episode being posted out which just basically said I will never forgive David Campbell for this and I'm like oh like wasn't your your comments weren't as scathing as I, as I thought it would be based on that tweet but I'm sure you were trying to be nice because like, you got 
David and his, you know, movie pals there all talking about what houses they are. And I'm like, I, I remember going to see the, the Harry Potter films and cinemas. I tried to read the books. I could, I couldn't. Uh, I like, I went to see the films. They were all right. Well, all right. They're ones that I enjoyed more than others. But like, I'm not one of those people who likes Harry Potter to the point. I'm like, oh, I'm this house. Like, what, what, what difference does that make on my life if I know which house I am? Like, so I'm somewhere in the middle between you and David's here. Yeah, notice they doesn't come to ask me what if I've taken the test. <laughs> uh, and I, I quite liked calling D- uh, David a slivering bastard as well. That was quite that was that was that was quite re- uh, refreshing and relaxing. The time I got to call a slivering bastard, I finally got an appropriate insult towards David Campbell. So yeah, I was quite pleased with that. <laughs> So the other things that you called David Campbell, I believe there was a period of time where you were kind of like making him nervous by repeatedly, by repeatedly calling him a racist. That was a very internal joke, like a very internal joke. It was just because like, uh, like see it all honestly, like David is probably, he, he, of all my pals, he is the most anti- anti-discrimination, pro-liberation guy, like, in every way, in every fibre of the bone. But it just so happened that twice in a row, I had a predominantly black film. <laughs> so we just internally joked that <laughs> it was just that kind of Father Ted episode where yeah. I hear you're a racist. And it was just like <laughs> that. It was a very internal joke. And I stopped doing that because I know that sometimes internal jokes can have the credence to grow legs and then yeah. all of a sudden you have him on a podium and a microphone and he's like declaring he's not right and I'm like no so I stopped doing that but nah David is he's just one of the most uh, anti-discrimination pro-liberation guy uh, just an all right great guy he's still a slovering bastard but he's an <laughs> all right great guy <laughs> Just out there, like, file the table, you see, David Campbell, not a racist. David Campbell, not a racist. <laughs> I, think, like, I think we were all over in Stephen's uh, house at SummerSlam. Like, it was the first time all of us probably been together in over a year. So I think that's when I first heard this being brought up. And a bunch of us oh. were all doing the file table. So, David, you're a racist, are you? <laughs> How do you get into that sort of thing? <laughs> oh, the poor bloke. He couldn't say anything and would get twisted. Like, Oh, I mean, just, it, it was so funny. But I, I just stopped doing that because I know how f- things like that can... Uh, it starts off as a joke, and then he starts to grow arms and legs, and, yeah, before you know it, he's like Boris Johnson at the podium apologising and saying, I did not do any wrong, but if I did do wrong, I am sorry. <laughs> 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 or, there was no party, but if there was a party, it would have been done in a legal, safe manner. What?! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it doesn't help that, you know, he's a very pale, very blondy hair kind of boy. He, he, he gets to the microphone a bit too close. It looks like a bit of a moustache on him when he's up at the podium. <laughs> See what I mean? See what I mean? See why I stopped it? <laughs> See why yeah, I stopped Andrew. it? <laughs> ah, David, I love you, really. He's going to be listening to this, I know it. Yeah, you will. If I'm going to be listening to this. Uh, but speaking of him, you know, he's, like, he's going to be on my DMs like, oh, you're upsetting me, you're right talking about me. So, yeah, he's like, like, Thanks to David, you got your kind of your second kind of film credit when in his film that took about as long to make as the Avatar sequels. Yeah, uh, where you were, I don't. So you can tell me about the other one where you were kind of a director. I don't know as much about this, but in, but in David's film, it was a wrestling scene, and you 
a ring announcer got to play a ring announcer. Yes. How you got into character for that role, I'll have no idea. Oh, it, it, it was hard. <laughs> I, I, I had to go in the back car to go, what would Spielberg tell me to do right now? <laughs> And unfortunately, I didn't have Steven Spielberg. I had David Campbell. <laughs> so, yeah, there's non-union Scottish equivalent. Yes. So yeah, it was. Um, I had my calling, I suppose. That that was my second entrant into IMDb. I just love having entries in IMDb. I've now got three. Oh, three. I've got three entries in IMDb. Uh, my first one was. <laughs> oh my god! Like so. <laughs> I get a text from Andy Mitchell, Andre Michel, one of my good pals on the SSR. Love that boy. And he said, like, I was maybe doing some filming with a car scene. My car is basically conked out. Could you help out? And I was like, I'm doing nothing. Why not? So I, I uh, the guy was on the phone to me. And he's like, on, uh, yeah, I need, uh, that'll be perfect uh, if you come up. And then the guy said to me, Oh, by the way, what car do you drive? And at the time I had my Lexus, I was like, I drive a Lexus. He's like, right, I will need you to come up in a lesser, uh, more banged up car. And I was just <laughs> like, oh, okay, what the hell? <laughs> so, <laughs> of course, what do I do? I go to my dad and I say, Dad, can I borrow your car tonight? And, uh, can I, I need it for filming? And he's like, all right, okay. Is there something wrong with your car? And I, and I, I was hoping he wouldn't ask me. And I just went, nah, they just need that the lesser car. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there's any nice way of him to explain that. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel so bad. <laughs> so bad. Um, essentially, the scene was um, the main character. And she kind of has like a big episode, right? And she had to, she ordered that executive travel car, like uh, people to come and show for her. And I turn up in basically a more clapped out car. And she's like so disappointed. And I take her away to the scene. So we went to, we went to film a neat Cumnock Road, south side of Glasgow, somewhere like that. Um, I had to simulate the car running out of petrol. So my one line, I lean in. <laughs> then I say, I'm going up 15 minutes to the nearest petrol station. <laughs> and then it's just hardly disappointed. And that was that was my line. So I got an official IMDB entry for being the uh, chauffeur driver. The, the world's most useless chauffeur driver that can't doesn't know how to read the petrol gauge of this car. It is what it is. So that was my first one. Then obviously I got the um, uh, 10 reasons not to make a movie. The other one is for Fierce Females. So Fierce Females actually um, put IMDb entries for everything. So I've got two entries for Ring Announcer and Dr. Quacko. <laughs> uh, when I did my little, I did my little segment as Doctor Quacko, where I basically hosted a show, and my one show where I had Emily Hayden and uh, Amy Alonzi fighting over Toasty, and I was kind of like the Jeremy Kyle, Jerry Springer, Doctor Phil mediator between it. It just ends up in chaos. Aisha Raymond beats them all up, and everyone leaves. Right. 
I've actually looked you up on IMDb. You're one of three Kwaku Ajis apparently available on IMDb, none of which have a picture with them. I know. Kwaku Ajis, known for Thieves, Females, and Be Gone Beaches. By God, yeah, but that that was the driver one. So, <laughs> yeah, so that, that that's 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 we had my calling there. Yeah, you can look it up. Uh, I should get IMDb Pro and add a photo so that I look a bit more professional. But I'm not paid for that. We kind of bring it back around to kind of we mentioned ASSR and obviously so there's going to be some wrestling gift chat in this. Uh, Mm-hmm. But how would you describe kind of your taste kind of in wrestling? Everyone's got their own kind of thing in ASR, and uh, I know you particularly are very fond of uh, the times where the wrestling gets a bit silly. You've you're no, you're, you brought up some fond memories of uh, someone that really almost that really broke you, like a particular moment with the Brothers of Destruction MVP and Mr. Kennedy, which I didn't know about until you brought it up on an episode. Did you not see that live in person? Yeah. No, oh, I think I may have been dropping off around that time. So. Oh, no. It was like one of the most random smackdowns I turned into. And then I just seen that and I was done. I was absolutely done. But you've watched it back now. You can see why I kind of broke because it's just so funny. <laughs> it's so funny. It's so stupid. And, oh, I love that bit. I mean, I just love stupid, like, silly. The, uh, as Chris Jericho, who's like my favorite wrestler, would say, maximum Tom Fullery. I just love Tom Fullery, and it's just—I uh, mean, there are people that were watching like dinner debonair, and they go like the people that listen to Jim Cornette or Bornette, as I like to call them, and they're like, "This is shit." That's I'm like, "This is brilliant. I love this." I mean, get, come out of the element of just actually. Like, it doesn't have to be serious all the time. I get the fact that there are people that don't want as many Canadian destroyers and too much this and that and whatever have you. But it's entertainment. Like, I, I do like my comedy films and stuff like that. So, yeah, if if I can be barely laughing. And to me, at the moment, there's nobody better than our truth uh, Chris Jericho as well. I mean, he's always been the... I mean, Chris Jericho, how you can get a tie, a scarf, a bottle of champagne, and a clipboard and a pen over, like goat, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, I'm very nice because I think I can see why also you'd be you'd be a fan of him like over the years because in the last two years, like since losing the AEW title, I've repeatedly on Rogan Fiends taking the piss out of Chris Jericho because. <laughs> I'm just not a fan of like babyface Chris Jericho like in inner circle and everything, but like I, I can still see his feel like he's overall cured. But I did love it, the dinner debonair because I remember talking about it on ESSR and I did make a joke about it, even though I, I I found it funny that Chris Jericho, the man who's got an international rock band, managed to be the second best singer in a, in a segment where only two people were singing, <laughs> which is less an insult to him as as much as as a compliment to MJF, who does also have a singing background. Mm-hmm. No, see that whole segments with him and MGF. That was just some of the funny things. I loved it with the uh, five labors mm-hmm. when they had the first of all started with um, Chris Jericho saying, "When your mom got off to old videos of me and Uvi <laughs> going to every Monday night," and then he just goes, "Who's Uvi?" <laughs> Jericho just goes, "Google him." And when he was introducing his next opponent. MGF just says, well, unfortunately for you, I googled him, I burst out laughing. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely brilliant storytelling, that. 
Oh, Lady Bluebirds were weird because like it was yeah. a really weird order. Like you go from a weird order of escalation from Sean Spears to Nick Gage, Hoovy, mm-hmm. Wardlow, like. Like in the spectrum is all over the place. <laughs> yes, it's all over. As it was about wrong timings and stuff. It must have been just like booking schedules. I mean, yeah, maybe Uvi had in his contract that he had to be uh, the the third one, and I don't know. <laughs> you never know. You never know. But fair play to him if he had that in his contract. Fair play to him. <laughs> I know. Uh, but. You know, you've been on ESSR for like I said, since the early days, like since the second episode officially, you know. And so you've kinda of seen a lot of people kinda of come and go over the fire and you've seen things changes moving from the Strathlight Fusion to the Cali studio and now like new shows added and everything for the last uh, four years. Yeah. So looking back on it, what are kind of some of your like favourite moments? I know it might be a, a hard one you kinda of narrow down, but just kind of off the top of your head, what have you had to think about like there's like fun moments either or just like from like just one-off things in a show or just episodes to record yeah one of my favorites we recorded at the time was the queen of the ring fantasy where <laughs> I, I, I mean how good was that show it was absolutely fun absolutely fun uh, i just pretended that i was going to beat everyone up if you didn't agree with my picks <laughs> which is it was quite fun being the hard man if you like i mean somebody had to uh, that that was quite good fun and <laughs> it was just wait, i remember when <laughs> when david picked china they thought they picked China and then it was Campbell's laugh when he started and he said Saudi Arabia booking from California <laughs> <laughs> the, thing, the thing was we were, we were meant to put this tournament together I think there were like five of us on the panel uh, basically all making our own like maybe like five or six Roman wrestlers each and then they were all randomly assorted and then we just mm-hmm. read out first round matches and then we all I had to pick. At least it had to be like a unanimous to see who goes through, and then we end up with the final one. And ironically, Doudreau or Piper and Evan, whatever wants to call her, Piper, end up winning that, and then she got yeah. into the final of the actual Queen of the Ring when WWE did it. I know. Like, see if she had won that, we would have been like, "Told you so." <laughs> I believe like Harvey Shayna may have been the final or semi-finals, and then mm. she had to beat Shayna to get to the finals. And yeah, so. exactly, exactly. Right. There we All go. Right. I remember, like, uh, one thing I, sh- I wish I, said, I, I one of those jokes you think about after the fact, but like, I remember Sarah, it was a thing where Charlotte was particularly uh, like annoying a lot of people. And so I think it seemed to be like somebody, Sarah, like, was getting beaten out by Charlotte in the second round. Mm-hmm. She seemed annoyed by Charlotte, doesn't need it, she said, <laughs> gets in. And I wish I'd have had the foresight to go, Sarah, nobody technically needs this. This is fictitious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> some, of the people, some of the people in this bracket are dead. There we go. <laughs> well, I mean, if they were dead, there, there, there might be a case that they do need this, so then they come yeah. back to life. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. So, like, this is probably this is all pre, you know, start twenty twenty. Her when they do and still going on that hell of a run, but like Brett Baker getting picked by David Totley just because she was oh, related no. to the with Adam Cole, who David Totley clearly has a poster of on his wall. I know. And it was just the fact he was like, excuse number one, that doesn't really wash. And then he was trying to think of excuse number two, and he just went, and he's Adam Cole's missus. So I was like, oh my god. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Basically, see if Britt Baker at the time wasn't entering the ring and going boom. 
She would she would have been dropped. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, he's some man, David Hockney. He is some uh, man. I love him. Uh, like, you know, how do you feel kind of about you know more people when they start kind of taking up the production kind of side of things? Because like we started adding more shows in twenty end of twenty nineteen, start twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so yeah, some people get taking charge of their own things. So I think Ryan, given his radio background, started doing yeah. more, added more. So like Chris I think it seems well, like yeah. yeah, it seems like, like for there were times where because we we heard them on a Wednesday usually when it was just one show we can then you'd get up for like the next day and then it seemed like there was a lot of work even just with that and the occasional bonus thing like a random preview a weekend or a like an interview that we were doing. Mm-hmm. But like, are you happy now that yeah, that like more than yeah. expanded that more people have taken? Like absolutely, absolutely, because yeah, like, because I do lead a busy life outside of all this, and um, especially when I had the period where I was working at a car showroom, which I was just doing stupid hours, and um, I, I even uh, we had a discussion with my girlfriend the other day where I, I, I was I was feeling so fresh at ten o'clock at night. I felt so fresh, and this was a week after I, I left the motoring industry, and she said, it's funny you say that, because it would only have been an hour ago, you would might have just got home. I was like, oh yeah. <laughs> and so, like, obviously during that period, if I was the only one doing all the production, there's all these shows, mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I dread to think how I would have been. So it's always good, like, um, and especially because uh, all the people that you've mentioned, like yourself, uh, Ryan, uh, Chris, uh, Daniel as well, and um, Stephen steps in every now and then as well. Like they, everyone does a great job and stuff like that. So um, I can I can fully relax because you can relax to an extent, but if the work is not going to be good. You'd be like, oh god! But I can fully relax, and so see if I see um, a message like, oh, don't need to do f- uh, this week's feature. Um, X Y Z is is hosting and producing. I'm like, cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, and I think it's good now that we've put some days around with like the way things get released, and also we started on this weird schedule of uh, pre-recording things like a week or so in advance now. Like, yeah, yeah. Because we've got the feed made do that doing like over Skype or over Zoom, so mm-hmm. that means that people can, if there's somebody on who does, who also knows the edit, they can take that and get it done whenever. Exactly. So I think that's that's kind of lifted the pressure off as well. I think. Exactly. Yeah. It it does help a long way, and and obviously because we have a lot of committed people, so thankful for that. People with big passions and. Uh, every, what I like about it is that we can have a healthy debate discussion. So, like I mentioned them a few times, like the rest of that love, Hockney does not <laughs> like it at all. Like does not, and we go toe to toe, and it's always done in a respectful manner. I just make it known that he is talking more crap, <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, just things like that, for example, and um, there's always the Rock or Austin debate because like Stephen's very much an Austin guy. But yeah, uh, Alan and Ross are very much a rock kind of guy, so there's always that kind of debate. Um, we always debate what is real wrestling. We still oh. don't know what that is. Scott, do you know what real wrestling is? I don't know what real wrestling is. <laughs> okay, uh, fair play. That's <laughs> a link back to an episode we, uh, series we did on the circle, the debating chamber. Yeah, yeah. And 
I felt so confident at the start of that debate where I was arguing in favour of, yes, the Attitude Era did produce bad wrestling matches. And as yeah. somebody who watches a lot of Attitude Era matches as a part of another show on Rogue Pines, I, I, still, I felt like all, all confident I could. And I made the mistake of seeing real wrestling at one point and Ross being a. Because douche. It's, it's, yeah, he's a douche. Yeah, <laughs> he's my brother, I could call him that. Zora, you've got a safe space here. You've got a safe space here. I will listen and I'll offer you a wee hug. <laughs> say, just say it. Dish. <laughs> yeah, like, this is why it's like arguing with him at times, you know. You know, so so he jumps on the what is real wrestling thing, and I just crumbled. And uh, and like and David blamed me for us losing that debate later on. Like you were the third person to come in, and you started talking about amateur Greco Roman or amateur wrestling moves and just describing wrestling moves. Like that did not help me. We could have had a lot <laughs> good last leg of this debate without you. I don't mean to jump on Dave, but like nobody on our team was bringing our A game at that point. So I don't know. I'm pretty sure I've changed, I put my, my Twitter by and I don't think I've changed it yet. Still trying to figure out what real wrestling is. <laughs> oh, it is what it is. To me, real wrestling is any wrestling that makes Jim Cornette fizz <laughs> with sheer anger. <laughs> I think one of my favourite like, moments from youth, specifically on the podcast, was uh, we've done a series, started a series now, the Mount Rushmore of certain things, and we did a men's and women's Mount Rushmore. We all brought our own. Uh, Mount Rushmore's and uh, through that we debated like who should go in and you brought up Vince McMahon which initially was met with a huh from the, the panel and then basically you made your initial argument and then everybody else basically argued the rest for oh. you to the point that Vince McMahon got in see that right that was my one of my like 18 seconds uh, Daniel Bryan Sheamus like of like bringing like like everyone sets up the table, they're all nice and pretty with the forks and the knives in the right setting, and then I just come in with a shovel and put it right in the middle and go na 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 na, and that was like my kind of thing of like get the, and usually everyone says get the shovel off the table. That was my <laughs> thing, and then I I just said my thing, which was actually when you look at it true, because as much as you don't want to admit it, eh, the we wouldn't be talking about wrestling the way it is now because if it weren't for Vince McMahon. So why shouldn't he go on the Mount Rushmore of wrestling? So I just said it. I, I was expecting like a massive fight. I was expecting a long clap back. And then you all just started arguing yourselves into it. And I was just like, I said nothing. I was just like, oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> Fair play. I know. Also, the Rock Austin debate was prevalent on that show because I think we kind of I think we almost decided amongst ourselves that like only one of these two can go in. Yeah, we've only got four spaces, and so we had that argument. I tried to argue. I think I made, I had Ronda Rousey. I was the only person that put Ronda Rousey on there right because I think her main event WrestleMania was still fairly recent at that point. Yeah. And I argued that the mainstream attention they were getting from her was the main reason they got a women's main event. Which I not still argue. Ronda still didn't make it though, so you know. I fought, mm. I fought. But yeah, there's, you also argued. I mean, there's so many arguments for so many different people. I mean, I even threw in Rey Mysterio because, um, I mean, to a lot of people, wrestling is all about a big meaty men slapping meat. <laughs> <laughs> but every now and then, a small vegan comes about. And that, that was Rey Mysterio. And he just changed the game for the smaller people. And and, and so that's why I put him in. Because I, I genuinely think, see a lot of like the smaller characters 
getting like big belts and stuff like that wouldn't have happened as often if it weren't for people like Rey Mysterio. So that's why I threw him in. Yeah. Not literally. You know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> you also argued on a, on a show that Daniel Bryan v Sheamus was the greatest WrestleMania opening match of all time. I still stand by it. Yep. <laughs> Of an argument, I can't I, really. I got told on Twitter that I need Jesus in my life for that. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> Which I just loved. You struck a chord with somebody. I, I don't know how. But did you not notice on that show the thing that the match that was? Talk- I mean, we were talking about Brett, uh, Brett, and so on. Um, Eddie versus Ray. We were talking about so many great matches, but yet that match actually during the most time conversation we we talked about that the longest on that show and for a reason that's why i say it's the greatest because it's up there i mean the amount of time you guys talk about it think of how many times you could watch the that 18 second match oh oh <laughs> we we need to look back at that and then calculate that and <laughs> <laughs> Stephen or Dave will do it. They love numbers. I know. Yeah. Hawkney, that's your next task. Go for it. <laughs> I know. You've got two weeks off from doing the draft. So, yeah. Oh, speaking of which, I remember on the last year you were talking about the 10 side moment. And <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, I was in such a jovial mood. And he was like, talk about Albert turning into 10 side. You talked about it for a good five minutes. And I was just sat there like, but he was called Prince Albert. I like this. Is this this is your beef? This is your beef with the guy. And I'm just like fizz, I'm just like I, I, the more he's talk, the more everyone's talking, the more I'm fizzing. The more I'm fizzing. I'm just like, like, are you for real? Are you for real? And then eventually there's a wee pause, and I just I just like right, and I was like, I like this. This is your, uh, I like how this is your beef with this guy when he was literally named after a piercing on a cock. <laughs> I was so deliberate in the way I said it. <laughs> and it was the fact that he thought that's what a tensai was. <laughs> it's like, no, I, I, I felt like, I felt like a father doing the birds and the bees moment where I had to explain to Hockney what Prince Albert was. <laughs> oh, love him, man. Love that boy. <laughs> <laughs> but somebody you you mentioned hosting a show with somebody else you yeah you're close with in ASR and you do a lot of get back and forth with is Sarah and yes. you guys hosted uh, Alba Gudrats a show about the Scottish wrestling scene you oh. got you got to fill four episodes before the the world shut down and Scottish wrestling shut down with it so well I know I know with Omicron and everything there's really a lot of uncertainty with outside events right now but. Do you guys ever see Albuquerque Grips coming back in any fashion? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I love doing that show because it's it's not like we don't we don't really like uh, it's not we don't really plan out too much. We just kinda say what um promotions we're gonna talk about and we just kinda say what's happened or what's coming up uh-huh. and then we just have Tom Fuller, Tom Fillery along the way. The first show, generally, we had an art, like we had a debate on what we should call it. Like we were, we were just c- coming back and forth with names, and, and we were just like, "Now nah, that's pesh, now nah, that's pesh, now nah, that's pesh." So we just decided, right? You know what? We're not going to name it. We're just going to let other people out there name it for us, and let's see what happens. And um, 
there, there was like just so many thrown out there. I mean, um, Ross with off the sausage rolls, piss off. End the sausage, <laughs> sausage roll. It's like, no, it's not going to be that. I get what he was trying to do. Yes, we were chasing some sponsorship at the time, but uh, Greg's are also known as GR Eggs. They weren't really for it. So I'm glad we didn't call it Indy Sausage Roll because we would be. Un- unapologetically promoting them when they did the offer a sponsorship, so get to stop them. Um, there's yeah. also off the Scott uh, Scott rails or something like that, and and but Alan uh, McLucas did come up with the absolute zinger of Albuquerque Graps because at the time everything was wrestling was just called Graps everywhere, and it's just a play on Albuquerque Grass, Scotland forever kind of thing, and it's like. No, that's quite cool. So we did, we did, we did put out a Twitter poll, um, but at, see before we put out the Twitter poll, uh, we said that we kind of like we kind of like Alba Graps. So we just did the Twitter poll, and Alba Graps did it win, and we were just like, okay, and we decided to take the dictatorial executive decision and overturn the poll and <laughs> <laughs> and go with Alba Graps. I mean, I see you got four episodes. You got three episodes out of it as Albuquerque Grabs. You got the first. The first episode was actually titled "Untitled Scottish Wrestling Show." Yeah, it was very <laughs> untitled. The only thing we agreed on was the music. So, uh, well, <laughs> as, as I say, agree, we agreed on. Uh, I kind of railroaded it down and said, "I kind of." She had a choice, but she very much didn't have a choice on it because I just um, see growing up watching football and Sky Sports. Uh, I just absolutely loved the Braveheart trance remix. Um, I just loved that version of it, and uh, it would always get me pumped up for watching an old farm game on the cell. Sorry, I had to get that in. Um, he says wearing blue. <laughs> oh well, I'm wearing. <laughs> uh, haha, I'm wearing blue because right now I'm making pizza, so I'm wearing my Forza Azzurro um, esque T-shirt. So I'm I'm getting all Italian for making the pizzas today. So. <laughs> get to top you uh, <laughs> <laughs> at this moment ross mccloud just tuned out already uh, so uh ross and jack for that matter and um, but yeah like i've just i i, I just love that tune it just got it, it just brings back fond memories growing up and watching uh scottish football so i thought it's brave heart Let's jazz it up. Let's have that nice bass thumping in the background. And it's such a tune. I love it. And yeah, thankfully, Sarah agreed to it. So yeah. <laughs> there you go. Uh, I got a couple more questions uh, before we wrap things up. Uh, I've got, got three questions to be specific. Uh, now, we mentioned Daniel's show, Quiz Showdown, a lot in the last show. I mean, there was a Quiz Showdown, too. You and I were tied. We had to go to a tiebreaker. We could have been co champions. I, I offered you that, but you. You turned your nose up at it. But yeah. back in February, you will be hosting your first quiz showdown. You're doing quiz showdown the chase. Are, yes. you, are you looking forward to that? I very much am. I very much am looking forward to that, where um, you may or may not know who the chaser is. <laughs> I, think I've been, I think I may have heard to the grapevine. 
Yeah, so we're going to work on the graphic for that as well. I've been coming up with the questions for it and stuff. It's going to be quite cool. So, uh, yeah, essentially, we're going to do it chase format. And Fanny Schmeller may or may not come up. <laughs> and... <laughs> like That's I... another one. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, um, we're we're gonna we're just gonna go bonkers for it. Um, I think what we're gonna do is we're gonna work it where they got to get to win money for the next business meeting, <laughs> um, yeah. if you like, and then the chaser is gonna be the bastard who's gonna cancel <laughs> the business meeting. And uh, so yeah, question is who's gonna be the chaser. <laughs> Who knows? I, mean, I remember you've been talking about the sketch chase style cards for a while, and I think doing it this way with Quiz Showdown, the format we've got, I think is a good idea. And, mm-hmm. you know, I've been what actually weirdly like one point late last year, went through a rabbit hole for a couple of days of watching clips from the chase, so I'm familiarised myself <laughs> with the format because I think it was like I saw a clip from Celebrity, I think it was like Jimmy Carr was on, so I watched him on it, and then I just mm-hmm. started clicking next recommended, next one, and so. <laughs> until, until I became an expert, like, okay, if he does this and he's going to be that way and Chase is going to be that way behind him, like, mm-hmm. God, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Aye, so, I'm oh, looking forward to that. That'll be good fun. I've got to turn on my ba- Bradley Walsh and uh, my brothers and let's see what I can do with that. So, looking forward to that. So, stay tuned for that. I mean, we've got our... Actually, today, the day we're recording this quiz showdown quiz in the 80s is going out, so... If you haven't checked that on YouTube, go check it. I'm hosting that. Then January, my brother's hosting a Rumble-style quiz, which we've talked I about. I love the Rumble quizzes. They are so much fun. I know the first one did end in a bit of pain for you, but oh, it's just so much fun. <laughs> um, that studio, though, getting... I think it was 13, 14 people in. Oh, my God. There was, like, a sauna in there. Oh, my God. It was bad. It was horrible, but oh, the quiz was so funny. And just seeing people going out one by one, <laughs> it was just twists and turns and uh, just all the drama. And wow, the drama at the end. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, like, go back. There's audio versions and video versions of the, these Rumble quizzes. Go do yourself a favor and go check them out. The drama is just unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Uh, we and Daniel talked about the second one because I think it came down to me and him and how. Tense that was. Mm-hmm. So, Becca, I think uh, there's one other question I realised. Something else you need to defend yourself about here, like uh, the Chulip Hotel is yes. a, a running gag on ESSR. Please explain the Chulip Hotel. <laughs> oh dear, right. So, uh, <laughs> me, Alan, and Gary Kernan are going down to Blackpool for NXT UK and. It actually turned out this was like our summer holiday because obviously less than two months later we got to full blown like lockdown. Like you can't you can't even leave your door locked down <laughs> kind of thing. And oh uh, what a trip! We got to see Undisputed Era probably the last time we would get to see them all together in person. Mm-hmm. And so we were so thankful for that. We got the Adam Cole baby and all that kind of stuff when they ran in on Imperium. What a show that was, top to bottom. Absolutely fantastic. The NXT UK tag team title ladder match as well. And just seeing Wolfie and um, Mark Coffey up the top. It was just a fantastic show. So in planning it, Alan was driving us, kind of him, drove us down in style. We had the leather seats and <laughs> yeah, in style. So 
was all good. And um, Gary was kind of thinking we should do that in style as well, and we should uh, book our hotel. Ibis was one of them they saw, and then me being me, I was like, nah, that's too expensive. So I found a place that was just under twenty quid, and it happens to be called the Chillip Hotel. And I looked at the reviews, and the reviews were like, "Aye, it's all right, it's all good, it's what you want." And I was like, "It looks all right, folks. Shall we try? It? Give it a try." And <laughs> they, they, I think they reluctantly agreed to it. And um, the, the place also had a hot tub. I, I must add, it had a hot tub. Uh, <laughs> right, I, I know I have to defend myself, but what they are saying is one hundred percent correct. Right. What? You guys can't see if I'm looking at Quacko on video here, and he's just like I can see the wheels turning for him, looking for his his ways to defend this. Like I've seen some photos of Gary announced here. Like I'm like we didn't. I was thinking, hasn't Gordon Ramsay visited this for an episode of Hotel Hell? Oh my God, honestly. Uh, well, see if Gordon Ramsay went there to on Hotel Hill, and after he done his conversion and went to another place that was on Hotel Hill, you would have thought that the place he went to um, to see it the first time was the renovation of Tulip Hotel. <laughs> it's that bad. Right? But God love it. Uh, when we arrived, right? So, the uh, guy was lovely. My room wasn't quite ready. It, it still had to be cleaned, so I had to wait, right? And we looked around, and then Gary gave me the look of, Quacker, where the hell have you taken us to? I'm going to get murdered tonight. <laughs> and uh, I waited a bit. My room got cleaned, and my room was clean. It was all fine. Just uh, none of the wallpaper matched, and uh, <laughs> the bed was like, I was like sleeping on corrugated iron. It was so rough. Um, <laughs> and also, like, the fact that the sink was beside the bed. So if you'd done your business in the toilet, you'd have to come out and then wash your hands, <laughs> which wasn't very hygienic. Um, but, however, the guy, the guy, um, uh, normally you'd see it thrown in breakfast was about three pounds and we just thought nah we will go to GR Eggs instead uh, because why not it's instead and the guy just went oh it's no problem you guys have breakfast I was like okay cool we're gonna have breakfast but uh, the guy to apologise for my room not being cleaned in time for me to arrive he came up with three cans of beer for me I, I don't like beer Gary likes beer and so does uh, Alan so um, this beer was so ice cold like I, don't, I was like amazing how did you do this like it was like uh, I don't know if you've seen Waterboy uh, <laughs> yeah see when yeah. he said it's, it's always cold it was like that <laughs> like, if there was this mythical water that that was that and uh, they they had it and they were just relishing me because they were like quacking what have you booked us in but the thing is though as horrible as the hotel was it gave us something funny to look fondly back on i mean see see if we had it like a mediocre premier in or a mediocre travelers like not adequate but not spectacular in any way or anything like that we wouldn't really remember it but tulip i mean we're still making jokes about tulip uh, it sponsored a few things of mine recently <laughs> uh, so it's it's just it's just that funny thing of yeah tulip hotel the finest hotel and experience in blackpool <laughs> 
Uh, you told about the Ibis being taken out. I remember going to the Ibis for the previous years, bloody Blackpool taking away. I don't remember it being that much more expensive, but like, well, some of the facilities weren't uh, the best, but I'm sure it was probably better than the Chilton. Because I remember me and Ross got in the gallery, and there was a big poster up on the wall between the two beds saying, I love to be outside the seaside. You look out the window, and it's just an alley. There's no <laughs> sight of the seaside. Like, we're not beside the fucking seaside. Yeah. And we ended up going around the corner to a subway for breakfast next day because the, the facilities, like for breakfast, somebody put a bit of bread in those one of those revolving toaster things mm-hmm. and somehow nearly set the bit of bread on fire. I don't know how that happened. Probably no uh, one has ever somehow done. See, those revolving things, I do not trust them at all. <laughs> and they use so much energy as well. Yeah. I don't trust them because there, there's always like one side that's more toasted than the other. So it's hard to get to an even toast. Sorry, we're in pure dissecting hotel breakfast and hotel breakfast is cool. Although I hate one of my big pet hates is, you know, when you go to the orange juice counter and then they give you like a shot glass to fill I your know. orange. I hate that. I hate that. It's like, oh, you want some orange juice? There's a little pipette to drop the little orange juice in your mouth for you. And that's it. <laughs> I hate that. I I'd hate get, that. I'd get more orange juice if I got an orange and squeezed it into my mouth. <laughs> like... Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's the only element about, see, like the buffets where you can load up with sausages and bacon and mm. um, especially when it's a Scottish hotel you get Thai scone there. Oh bliss. <laughs> Absolute bliss. <laughs> Although uh, our our hotel uh, Tulip Hotel the the breakfast was uh, it was yeah, it was something else because the guy just put in panic bowls and left it there for people to come down whenever they want. So we had the beans, we had some frozen sausages <laughs> And um, you know how sometimes you can choose your how you want your eggs. No, nope. there was only one choice: hard boiled. That's it. <laughs> hard, uh, no other choice of your eggs. Um, and he just laid out orange juice cartons so you could fill up as much as you wanted. So that I suppose he was better for the orange juice. But he, it was so funny because we just turned we turned down sides for breakfast, and he just said. Uh, I've got to help a friend. He's broken down. So he just left us the hotel with no staff in it. And it's just like, okay. <laughs> and then he just said, when you're checking out, just leave your key on the desk and I'll get it. <laughs> so it's like, actually no staff. So we just had an empty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the best. Uh, the question is very important to, to get answered here. And... Uh, I'm sure there's some context for the people listening who aren't familiar with this. When will we ever get Quacky on a poll? <laughs> 31st of February 2022. Uh, yeah, this is kind of like Sarah and Emily Heaton and Scottish Wrestle kind of started this whole thing, and then the Kings of Catch got involved, and this mm-hmm. is just a thing that escalated for a while. Yeah, it's, it's not happening, unfortunately. Well, no, it's happening 31st of February, along with other business meetings. That's when it'll definitely happen. There you go. It's been, oh, it's been a few years since that came about, and it's just not happening. <laughs> Plus, um, it was meant to be between uh, Aspen and Lewis, uh, Kings of Catch, um, just a fight over me. Kings of Catch are no more just now. So, yeah, uh, that's another element of it that is, is why it's not happening. Mainly because 
I wasn't going on a poll, and secondly, cows and cats aren't together anymore. So it is what it is. And to round us out, quick, yeah, talk to me about. I like to kind of look ahead for like the last question. So like, you're looking ahead. Uh, do you have like what are you kind of some of your goals with regards to like, the ring announcing and the podcast? Are you hoping to kind of make one or either of those kind of your more full time kind of living going forward? Like, say like five years or so from now. Yeah, that would always be the dream of doing that. Like, because I've always had a dream of being like a radio host or a TV host full time, um, or doing some production, something along the lines of media. So if I get the chance of doing that, I mean, it wasn't ring announcing that I envisaged when I was younger. However, um, now I would love that to because I absolutely love doing the ring announcing. Um, Discovery. I've recently d- done Discovery, which has just been absolutely fantastic, and I'm so thankful for the opportunity that I got. Like, I, I, I didn't know it was coming. I didn't see it coming, and to be asked to do Discovery and asked back again and stuff. And and Discovery is one. It's been one of my favorite shows as a fan, and I never saw myself being in this on the in the ring announcing people in and stuff. And um. See with like with my ring announcer, there's always I always have like a bucket list of people that I want to announce in, and then when my first discovery show, I'm taking off Gene Money, and I'm like, okay, that's cool, and and I'm taking off Session Wolf Martina, oh, that's also cool, and and then I hear on the show that in the next show, Mark Haskins is coming, Big Demo's coming, and I'm like. Oh, I'm gonna wow. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they, I, I don't even have them on my bucket list because I don't even think that was I was gonna even get to that. And then to tick them both off on the day, and um, Mark Haskins is just him and Vicky are just absolute great people. And I was talking to them after the show, and um, like those them two, they just know how to bring the presents to the ring and stuff, and they, they were saying some really, really kind words to me as well, that I was just taken aback, the whole people at Discovery and I've just like, Discovery's a real I've, uh, I've never been in a bad place uh, in the back like, never been um, I, was, I know obviously there's the speaking out movement and stuff like that um, and uh, a lot of people have been wronged by a few, and I like to hope that we got a lot of the wrongings out. But I've never been in a situation where I've I felt like I was wronged in anywhere or anything. But generally, Discovery is just one of the best places to be around the backstage. I mean, Alan's just absolutely great in every way, and making sure everything's all right. And they don't mind. Uh, they'll probably say, "No, don't mention," but I've got to. Um, Darren T. Goes, he's just full of advice and knowledge, and he's just an all-round general funny guy. <laughs> he, he like he loves his like puns and his uh, jokes every now and then. He's just a great guy to be around. Randy Valentine, he's another one who's just so passionate about the business, and that's that's his real name as well. I mean, talk about being born for the wrestling business. Uh-huh. Your name is Randy Valentine, and he loves that gimmick with his love heart jacket. And Chelsea in the back is just absolutely brilliant. She 
someone so she's so caring about um about the product that is being put out she's caring about everyone and she sees me like um, i get into a little nervous little state when i'm uh, about to go out because like i really care about what i'm doing and she's like She's like, uh, calming me down really, really good. And then she's like, you're going to kill it. And, and and she's just absolute best um, having Chelsea around there as well. And uh, uh, Julie's another one. Uh, Julie just keeps it a, a tight ship. Everything runs smoothly. Everyone knows Julie with her blue hair. Uh, she's just a lovely person all around. So um, everyone at Disco and um, some of the wrestlers in the back as well. And I've I've just been a huge fan. Like I've always been a huge fan of Gene Money, and just like interacting with him, it's just been. He's just always be. He's just a good guy inside and out of the ring. He's, um, and and a guy I I do feel at the Scottish scene we've criminally underutilized, and I suppose uh a good thing of that is that he's been kept unique to discovery, but it's not through like. He's got exclusivity, but it's just that other promotions in Scotland somehow haven't gotten. And it's, it's, it's one of the most ludicrous things I felt because he is literally just so entertaining, and he's and he's unintentionally entertaining. He just does it, and he's so good in the ring that because he, he the guy can move, the guy can do serious moves and stuff, and. And he just adds that element of color to it that is just absolutely fantastic. So getting to interact with him and like Joe Hendry, he's just something else. Like anything he touches is just magical. The the whole the answer gimmick. I personally didn't understand what it was about when it was coming about, but I knew that he would convey what it's all about in the ring and his promos or whatever have you and the, just the presence of the guy and he's the wide division champion is absolutely fantastic um, so yeah it's just um, um, it's just been a mixture and obviously like, I've done this year I've done Discovery and Reckless Intent I'm, I'll be back at Source next year um, just dates that are all line up properly um, for uh, the show they just had but um, Reckless F was just absolutely fantastic so um, talent like Rob Mills who uh, another one who I think is criminally underutilised in the Scottish scene um, I've always got my bay. my bay is uh, Dickie Divers like <laughs> uh, I do have a big soft spot for Dickie Divers so he's some man um, him and Jack, Jack Morris they're just absolutely f- uh, <laughs> I, I, I remember the reckless show I just did there with him uh, Jack Morris he was going to be thrown into a triple threat match and he was fighting against Rob Mills and Caleb Valhalla and he just does the same thing. So obviously Rob Mills is a pirate gimmick and Caleb is a Viking gimmick. And then Jack just turns to me and goes, what kind of freak show is this? I've got myself involved in. <laughs> uh, you got some characters on the, the Scottish Resolution. If you've not been to Scotland or you find your way up or if you live in Scotland and you've not had a chance to go to some of these big promotions, do... Like try and find the time, you know, Omicron permitting and everything. Oh yeah, big time. I mean, I mean, another thing with that is, 
I know Renegade Wrestling just had their first show as well, so look looking forward to seeing and some of the women on that as well, especially I mean, she's already had a stellar year. It did slightly get derailed with the pandemic, but wow, um, Brody Adler, she kept it going throughout the pandemic, and it's just going on to great things with that. And also, I was so excited to hear of uh, Cassie King starting out as well, someone I've known for years personally. So uh, it's always good to see them too doing their things and doing bits and wrestling. So Looking forward to 2022, as long as Omicron can fuck off. <laughs> uh, I echo the statements, but I'm still, I'm still, uh, I'm still laughing at uh, the Randy Valentine. Like, just makes me think, like, it's like that's like a Saturday morning, like WWF all right in the ring. Randy <laughs> Valentine. <laughs> I know it's some name, isn't it? <laughs> it's some name. <laughs> <laughs> but Cracker, you know, you, you, had, you took your time to comment on this this fake news that was being spread about you, and it's we've had a hell of a laugh. So thank you for oh. coming on today. No, thanks for having us today. It's been great fun as always. So yeah, no, thank you, Scott. Great thing you're doing. So thank you. it's great speaking to you on this level. <laughs> thank you very much. Uh, but let us know. know uh, with the SSR, what's going on with you? Working in some ways, or with the SSR, or I think we know what's going on with first team films. But like, is there anything <laughs> else coming up that that David's dragging you into? Um, I think he's given me a little um, mind break after Harry Potter. So, <laughs> but I'm I'm sure you'll have some other assignment for me soon. So watch the space. So uh, make sure you're followed on first time films as spun. Uh, sponsor yeah no sponsor why not sponsor uh but subscribe uh on your podcast feed first time films and hear me rant about certain things on there and yeah essr just follow essr as well so it's suplex retweet suplex retweet everywhere and give a wee follow there um personally mr quackaraji on Instagram. I'm, I'm rubbish at Instagram. There's no real point in following me on Instagram. And I know you're meant to follow me. I'm meant to say, follow me, I do jazzy things, but I'll be lying. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, Twitter is my main thing. Twitter is at Mr. Quackaraji. Um, if you want to game with me and become rich on Grand Theft Auto, <laughs> Mr. Quackaraji at my PSN, and I'll get you very, very, very rich on there. So, <laughs> Um, but it also involves helping me get richer, so <laughs> quid pro quo on that one. Um, so yeah, f- hit me up on all them. Uh, slide into my DMs, but nothing creepy. See, <laughs> <laughs> also the whole Mr. Quacky thing. Like that, then for you into the bloody mafia thing going around. Oh, do you know Mr. Quacky? It's <laughs> <laughs> the same you weren't Sorry. It's the same you went on the recently like, Brody Lee show that we did because like he, he insists people call him Mr. Brody and he insists we call him Mr. Quacko actually. <laughs> it was just the way he was on the mic. I'm sorry, Mr. Quacko. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like we were in the party chat with everyone on it. I was just like, they're never going to let me forget this. <laughs> nope. No, they're not. And I will never forget this. Uh, 
Thank you for checking out this episode of No Rogues Barred here on Rogue Opinions. Uh, you can check out past episodes with members of the Rogue Opinions team and with Daniel, who Quacky was responding to. In the future, maybe I'll get more people from the SSR. Maybe, maybe I should do a diss track on Daniel. <laughs> That'd be a good idea, I think. Okay. <laughs> Fire in the booth is coming. Hopefully, <laughs> uh, David Campbell can then, uh, come on soon as well. Uh, Follow Rogue Opinions on Twitter and Instagram at Rogue underscore Opinions. Uh, I've got all the shows on here, like the Rogue Retro Smackdown. Uh, we've got Podding Ain't Easy with my friend Ian, Ian Carl, where we basically talk about Marvel and Star Wars and everything. We've got a double episode coming out. It's relatively we're finishing, around, finishing off Net, Disney Plus's Hawkeye uh, reviews. Uh, on ESSR, you got feature shows on a weekly basis. We've got episodes on Brody Lee recently, stuff about New Japan. Uh, you got ESR Central, you got Saturday Draft Live, every Saturday, obviously. And mm-hmm. so much going on. Go and follow on the platforms that Quacku has said. But other than that, uh, from after everything Quacku was talking about with the karaoke, I think it's best that we, we, we play it with only one person. I think that's Mr. Rick Ashley. Never going to give you up. 